As a sponsor of the podcast, TAP Sleep Care wants to show you their studies. If you're hesitant in trying oral appliance therapy, go with one you can trust. Backed by over 45 independent peer-reviewed studies, TAP is the most researched custom oral appliance in the world with the best patient outcomes. It's not just a marketing slogan. It's real data that you can trust. Visit tapintosleep.com for a full list of studies and to find a provider near you. That's tapintosleep.com. On this podcast, we discuss medical diagnoses and procedures. All of the guests express their own opinions. You should always seek medical advice from a trained and credentialed professional when making decisions about your own health. Welcome to the Sleep Apnea Stories podcast. I'm Emma Cooksey, and I've been coping with sleep apnea since childhood. I didn't know anyone in my life with a sleep disorder, so I decided to start this podcast. I'm here to build community and provide a platform for people with sleep apnea to tell their stories. Together, we can shatter stereotypes and raise awareness. We'll be exploring all sorts of treatment options and lifestyle choices to help you live your best life with sleep apnea. This is Sleep Apnea Stories, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, it's Emma Cooksey here, and I'm your host. So I just want to say a really big thank you to those of you who reached out by email or on Instagram to ask how me and my family were doing because we're in Florida and we just had a big storm here. And so we were really fortunate. We're in Northeast Florida and we really escaped um, the worst of the storm. Um, A lot of people in South Florida, especially to the West, were not as lucky as us. But um, yeah, we had a lot of rain and wind and our dog was quite scared. <laughs> My kids were off school for three days. So it was just a lot of togetherness, really, was the storm. But we were super fortunate that we didn't lose power. Um, so all in all, can't complain. A quick shout out as well to everybody on my email list. Um, I sent out a draft um, last week where I'm, I'm talking about trying to put together some sort of toolkit to help people who are new to CPAP with some of the pointers that I would go back and give myself when I started CPAP with what I know now. And I asked for input from everybody on my email list and I got some really thoughtful, wonderful responses. So I feel like I'm kind of co-creating this resource with you guys, which is really nice. So if you have any um, input you want to share about things that you learned, um, I know that I have a lot of um, seasoned CPAP users who listen to the show. So if you have any wisdom to share, I'd love to hear it. You can email me at sleepapneastories at gmail.com. And I think it's a bigger project than I thought it was going to be to begin with. But I think it's going to be really helpful. So I'm excited about it. So if you're not on the email list yet, um, I don't bombard you with email because I'm not organized enough to do that. But I send out usually like one email a week or something like that. So if you want to join, you get a free video download 
um, of my suggestions for some top tips for people who have sleep apnea. Um, and you just to sign up for the email list, you just go to sleepapneastories.com and it's right there on the first page. You just scroll to the bottom and click for the video and you'll get signed up for the email list. So on to today's guest. Today I'm joined by Olivia Arizolo. Um, she is an Australian sleep coach and also the author of a book called Bear, Lion or Wolf. Um, and so that book is all about chronotypes. So if you're not familiar with the idea of chronotypes, it's to do with people who are early risers or people who like to stay up late at night and like it's the different times of the day that you're most productive or um you know when you can get your best sleep so i know it's not specific to sleep apnea but i think that sometimes people with sleep apnea are having issues um with other parts of their sleep that anyone can have right so I thought it was really interesting to talk to Olivia about her book and I just really enjoyed getting to meet her. If you're not already following her on Instagram, I really recommend that. I've got a link in the show notes to her Instagram, to her book. You can go and take a quiz to find out which chronotype you are. Um, so lots of fun stuff in the show notes. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Olivia Arizolo. So Olivia, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for joining me. Do you want to explain to begin with like where you're from originally and where you are right now? I'd absolutely love to. So I am originally from Australia. I grew up in a country town with 15,000 people and near Melbourne. Um, then I lived in Melbourne and then I lived in Sydney for the past 11 years and I am kind currently in Italy because I've just decided to move over, which is very exciting. Um, I'm enjoying my first, um, first dose of living here and in the process of getting my citizenship. And yeah, I'm, I'm in the south of um, the south of Italy, a place called Tropea, which is in Calabria. Which oh, is lovely. So I didn't realize you were moving there. Like, I thought you were yeah, just swanning maybe. about Europe on a really long vacation. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't realize I was moving here either. And then um, I feel like I've wanted to expand beyond Sydney for quite some time, but I haven't felt the place yet. Just so I'm half Italian and just being in Italy, it just feels like I'm coming home and Ooh. I have this sense of vibrance in my entire being of just being here. And this tells me that this is how I should feel and this is what where I should be. So I'm just trusting that and listening. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm so excited for you. Let's start out with, so you're a sleep coach. So you help people with their sleep so I guess just because my podcast is all about sleep apnea I just wanted to hear a little bit about you know have you come across some of your clients with sleep apnea how do you find that it shows up in people like I just find since I've started my podcast that the stereotypes of sleep apnea are not necessarily the people out there that have sleep apnea so not everybody is like an overweight mm. man right so I just wondered if that was your experience when you're coaching people 
Mm. That definitely has been my experience, to be honest. Um, so I see both females and males. Um, usually they're between, you know, 30 to 50, um, you know, high-performing, high A-type individuals like yourself, no doubt. And yeah, like I've had a handful of clients with sleep apnea. My main focus is, to be honest, more, more insomnia, but um, I have had a few clients and they definitely haven't been, you know, the overweight, um, you know, alcohol binge drinking uh, males. Like I've had females who have been actually a few of my younger females, even in their twenties, mm-hmm. they've been suffering here. And, you know, that's been not through, um, you know, behavioral mechanisms, but more so their like actual septum, for example, was in, in one case was, um, deviated so she had really a lot of problems breathing and you know the it was actually more of the nasal cavity um, mm-hmm. in another one as well so that's so there's so many people like recognize- that are dealing with that I think like that that comes up a lot This episode is sponsored by Bleep Sleep. Hair loss and breakage, not being able to follow a nightly skincare routine, cuts and sores in your nose, daily cleaning, and dry eyes. These are just a few of the discomforts many of you struggle with from wearing your CPAP mask. Say goodbye to bulky headgear and uncomfortable straps. Eclipse by Bleep Sleep fits the exact shape of your nose to ensure zero leaks just a great night's sleep. Eclipse is easy to apply and quick to remove. It won't leave marks on your face because it's the only maskless CPAP solution on the market. You can sleep on your back, side, or stomach without constricting your movement or anything getting in the way. If you're ready for a maskless CPAP solution that's EMA approved, FDA cleared, and covered by Medicare and most major insurances, Visit my show notes for a link to give Bleep Sleep's Eclipse a try. I feel like a lot of people are really embarrassed about it mm-hmm. and they, you know, they don't want to share it because because of that it's like, you know, because people will think oh you know you will what's wrong with you or like oh maybe it's you know you're doing maybe you need to you know drink less or you know mm-hmm. lay a different position on your um in when you're in your sleep or whatnot which those things are valid yes but that doesn't take away that some people just are physiologically in a position where they suffer from this condition mm-hmm. um yeah I'm wondering is that does that resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just find a lot of people um, have a certain idea of sleep apnea and who has it. And so especially women, especially young women, we often don't think of sleep apnea as being like, you know, that could be the underlying cause to all of our, you know, issues. And certainly that was the case with me. I went in the whole of my 20s without mm-hmm. a diagnosis. And it was only like when I turned 30 and I fell asleep at the wheel, 
I really like started asking questions about my sleep and, and got my diagnosis. But yeah, I think that's super common just that people think, well, that's something that, you know, like their granddad has, so it can't affect them. But I think more and more we're seeing people with, like you said, mm. either deviated septums or huge tonsils and, you know, people who just have really small compromised airways. So yeah, there's a lot of it about. So um, with your, so I read your book. I loved your book. Um, so I wanted just to maybe ask you to to talk a little bit. Sometimes people with sleep apnea will think that every single thing to do with their sleep is because of their sleep apnea, mm. even though you know maybe we've had that treated. So I think sometimes people don't look at like oftentimes people can have co-occurring insomnia or they can have other issues with their sleep. But one thing I've never talked about on the podcast is this idea of chronotypes. And um, so I just wonder if you can just explain for people that have never heard of that, that aren't familiar, could you explain a bit about that? Yeah, I would be more than honored to share the insights on chronotypes, given that is my book's concept. So Bear, yeah. Lion, Wolf. So, but before I do that, I just wanted to, I guess, agree with you there that, you know, sleep apnea is one thing, but that, um, that doesn't mean that you can't be challenged by the problems that everyone else is challenged by, for example, right. you know, not, no, not, have, not having the right bedtime routine or not having the right supplements or, you know, having having not a proper sleep sanctuary, like just because you have sleep apnea, yeah. if you have all of these factors stacked against you, it can make the situation so much worse. Um, and similarly, you know, if you're using wrong strategies for your chronotype, that can be e equally as problematic. So with regards to chronotypes, for anyone who is new to the concept, I'll make it super simple and super easy to understand. All it is, is that you have a biological preference as indicated by your circadian preference, your circadian rhythm to rise and sleep at a particular time. Now, this is either classified into three groups, which is an early riser and early to bed. That's someone who's a lion and that's me. So yeah, I love to get up super early, like six o'clock, good time love to go to bed super early like 10 10 p.m or so 10 10 30 great time to go to bed um then you've got those on the other end of the spectrum who are called wolves now they love to get up around eight o'clock in the morning but really not earlier and they like to go to bed around 12 or even one o'clock sometimes so they're the ones that they seem to thrive the later the day gets um, and then you've got the bears who are falling right in the middle of those two. And they like to get up around about seven and go to bed around about 11. Now, there is much more to the concept of chronotypes. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, there's certain chronotypes. Um, so all, there's certain personality traits that are correlated with each chronotype. For example, um, lions are more leadership types. Whereas bears are more team players, whereas wolves are more um, known for their originality and a bit of the left of center kind of um, individuals that we know. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, in, yeah, 
it's really Sorry, like I find it a really interesting book generally but like there's a lot of things in there that I hadn't even thought of like one of the things that you're talking about is like certain times to have sex <laughs> like that yeah. was kind of something that I really noticed I was like oh and you're <laughs> suggesting like certain people might want to have sex in the morning versus at nighttime which was kind of interesting definitely yeah 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 well the thing is that we all love to have sex, like don't get me wrong. And the thing is that if we align it with when our energy is the highest, then we have the greatest chance of orgasming. So for example, if lions do it, um, if lions if lions have sex in the morning, they have the greatest chances of orgasming compared oh. to if wolves, they do it in the evening. Um, but the thing is that sex can be used, at, used for different reasons like for example yes having an orgasm could be one you know objective but also to help us relax could mm -hmm. be another um you know objective as well and you know just you know bonding with your partner and you know seeing when they when it when it when they're most up for it which actually if you if you test out to see their chronotype and I've got a chronotype quiz on my website for anyone who wants it, mm -hmm. um, it might be interesting to find out their chronotype because you might know that, oh, that makes sense because they're always, you know, up for it in the evening, but <laughs> and because they're a wolf, whereas, you know, like the other person might be a lion and then they're always up for it in the morning, but the wolf is like, no, no, I just want to sleep all morning. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely yeah. part of it. It's just aside from the sex thing, it's like when you're in a relationship with somebody if you have a very different chronotype then you know mm. it makes for I, I think if you understand that that can really help in a relationship because you know that the person is not going to be their best first thing in the morning mm. so you just wouldn't be all in their face trying to talk exactly right and that's This episode is sponsored by Vivos Therapeutics. Do you wake up feeling tired or exhausted? Are you struggling to sleep using a CPAP? If you have mild to moderate OSA, there is a better way to help you sleep and more importantly, breathe at night. It's the Vivos Method from Vivos Therapeutics. The Vivos Method is a non-invasive and non-surgical treatment provided by dentists and medical providers. This natural approach works by expanding the oral cavity, which may result in a larger airway, allowing you to breathe and sleep more deeply at night. More importantly, the Vivos method may create a long-term change in the health of your airway, which could alleviate the need for CPAPs. But don't just take our word for it. Over 27,000 patients worldwide have used the Vivos method to treat their mild to moderate obstructive sleep apnea and are now enjoying a more restful quality of sleep. If you're ready to potentially ditch your CPAP and enjoy a better quality of sleep, simply go to vivos.com patients. Take a quick online assessment and you'll be directed to a provider near you. That's vivos.com patients. That's another reason I love chronotypes because, you know, it helps us understand our own selves better, but also helps us understand those that we love. 
you know, exactly as you just said, you know, if you, if you're a morning type, you're a lion, but your partner is a wolf, then suggesting to him, hey, let's get up and go for like a really beautiful morning walk at six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. That is like, that is like as, as painful as it is for an early riser for the wolf to say, hey, you know what? Let's go for a nice long walk at like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. in the evening. The lion is going to be like, the early riser is going to be like, that sounds like the worst idea ever. ever. I just want to be in bed, right? Yeah, for sure. What's your chronotype? Um, Well, when I was reading it, I was swinging. I think I'm a lion, but like, Mm -hmm. I just, I think partly the sleep apnea thing, I definitely need a lot of sleep (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I think I feel like I'm probably best first thing in the morning and then Mm -hmm. last thing you know like I'll definitely start winding down for bed and I have to tell my children that they can just pause and come back and tell me the rest of what they want to tell me in the morning (laughs) because I feel like (laughs) late in the evening I just kind of don't have any capacity left my brain is just like no it's time for bed that's it whereas my husband's the opposite so my husband is Mm -hmm. up really late at night and not interested in you know the crack of dawn kind of thing so it's quite interesting living with somebody that's quite different so tell me yeah, a little yeah, bit exactly. about how you discovered the whole sleep thing and how you like how really just... got got involved and, and decided you wanted to learn more about it and help other people with it. Yeah, so I th- I feel like sleep found me. Um so I so I had mental health challenges when I was in my teens and right throughout my twenties and you know, I still, um, still to this day as a, it's a journey, it's an ever evolving journey. Yep. Um, and so, <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, right, right. So like my, uh, my, my, uh, weapons of choice have been, um, anxiety, depression and anorexia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went through. So everybody listening to this has anxiety and depression, just so you know. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I wouldn't right? say all it's, of us, but it's so common with sleep apnea and especially people mm, who have gone undiagnosed for a really long time. Like, I feel like so many of us kind of went down the, you know, anxiety and depression kind of route. And then we mm, discovered we also had sleep apnea. So, yeah. So I feel you totally on the same page. Well, I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that uh, we are on the same page because I yeah. feel like sometimes when you have anxiety or depression, you feel like everyone else is just sailing along so oh, yeah. well and, yeah. you're, and you're the only one. It's like yeah. no, nobody else has these thoughts in your in their head where, yeah. you know, that you, everything's miserable and, you know, you just you can't be bothered at all or, yeah. you know, you're so anxious that, you know, you can't string a sentence together and everyone yeah. else is around you and just looks so relaxed and you're just there just trying to, just trying to trying settle your brain through. into one, right? I get it. I get it. When I was, you know, in my teens, it was really, really severe. You know, I tried to take my life at the age of fourteen, oh, and then I was hospitalized. Yeah, it was it was really bad, and then I was, um, you know, hospitalized for anorexia at for six weeks as an inpatient, and then three months as an outpatient um, when I was seventeen, and so like things were really dicey, um, but particularly through that three-month outpatient period recovering from anorexia, it was very transformational and 
I really moved from this place where I was, you know, just, I just, I was, I was spiraling down, mm-hmm. but then my coaches and my healers and my therapists, they got me to spiral up. And I moved from, you know, not wanting to exist to having the most full, rich, abundant, beautiful life mm-hmm. in a really short space of time. And I just knew from that day, I was like, this is, the, I need to help people like this. Yeah. I need to help people go from their darkness to their light. Like that is what I am here to do. And sometimes um, I think, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I think sometimes people, because someone listening to this might think, well, why wouldn't you help people with anorexia? But I feel as though mm. sometimes your own challenge, like these things are lifelong sometimes, right? So mm. in some mm. ways it might be too close to, to your own experience. Mm. No, definitely. Because I you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still struggling with it. Not, I wouldn't say I'm struggling with it now, but I'm still on a journey where, you know, I don't feel like I'm the best person to, to share with somebody, Hey, this is how you hundred percent recover from anorexia because I don't feel like I'm hundred percent recovered. Yeah. Um, I'm getting there. I'm definitely on my journey, which is beautiful, but great. I think often with mental health things, I mean, I know with my journey with anxiety and depression, like my life looks so much better now than it did years ago. But at the same time, Mm. I think that it's just always going to be kind of one of those things that just has seasons and you just learn Mm. coping, you know, with it and you learn Mm. ways to deal and and it's it's much better and your quality of life is better but yeah I'm just not sure Mm. that there's an end point (laughs) where you say I'm all done yeah which (laughs) right right and that's yeah I feel like that that's definitely the case you know with um you know mental health and even sleep challenges you know because you know we need to make these daily choices which how we're going to think how we're going to act what proactive measures are we going to take to, you know, improve these measures, you know, be it anxiety, depression, sleep apnea, anorexia, and what, what are we going to allow in our, in our space? So it needs to be a daily choice and be a daily decision. And although I, I guess I feel like everyone, and because of that, I guess you're never like 100%, you know, recovered ever like yeah. from anything because it's, it's always a journey. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, why, why haven't I helped people in the past like with more like eating stuff? I think, to be honest, it probably has just been a bit too close to me. Like, yeah, it's I just, totally get that. it's throughout my journey. I, I knew I wanted to help people, but it was just the concept of moving from a dark place to the mm-hmm. light place. That was, right. that was the intention. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, great. Well, I want to help them body, mind, soul, everything. So I need lots of studies. So I studied a Bachelor of Social Science Psychology and a Certificate of Sleep Psychology and a Diploma of Health Science Nutritional Medicine and a Certificate 3 and 4 in Fitness because I always knew that however I wanted to help, I wanted to be holistic mm-hmm. and I wanted to know and understand the whole body, nutrition, fitness, yeah. exactly, sleep, yeah. Um, so I started doing coaching in various areas, you know, some weight loss, some stress, some motivation. Then I had some sleep clients and they had really good results really fast. And so I started to talk to other people about it. And every second person who I mentioned this to was like, oh my God, I'm struggling with my sleep. Help me, yeah. help me, help me. And I was like, I was like, 
whoa, sleep is a thing. Wow. <laughs> it's a huge thing. Like right. it, it's astonishing. It's like, you know, I feel as though for some reason in uh, the way that society is right now, it seems more mm. normal to be complaining that you're tired than not. Like, I feel like most right. people are like, I'm so tired. Yeah, I'm really exhausted. Right. And everybody's just like comparing. And I'm just like, that's not right. normal. <laughs> no, right. But, um, right. Wait. Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, I 100% agree. Like, I, I feel like anyone listening to this needs to ask, like, whoever who needs to do a little survey of whoever they can find around them. Like, who feels tired right now? Yeah. And, and, or who feels like they had enough sleep last night? This episode of Sleep Apnea Stories is sponsored by BetterHelp. How well we look after our mind really affects how we experience life. Therapy has been so helpful to me since I was diagnosed with sleep apnea. It helped me to work through the feelings I had about going undiagnosed for so long. It also helped me to adjust to living with a chronic condition. One of the best things about starting my podcast has been realizing I'm not alone in coping with mental health issues along with sleep apnea. Speaking to a professional therapist has helped me enormously to manage my anxiety and depression. BetterHelp is online therapy and it's much more affordable than in-person sessions. You can get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Emma. That's betterhelp.com slash Emma. So I guess people listening are going to ask, like, what do you, what did you do to get such great results? Like, because everybody's going to want to do all the stuff. <laughs> of course, of course. You know, it's a combination of my, of my background. So I integrate psychology, sleep psychology, nutrition and fitness, and I create science-based step-by-step strategies and when I work with my clients one-to-one, I don't just give them a plan and then, okay, that's your one session. See you see you in six months. I'll check up on you. Yeah. Like what I like to do is work with them over a period of time. See, maybe it's six weeks, maybe it's three months, uh, maybe it's six months, but I like to have, you know, regular contact with them. So then they've got strategy and support. Yeah. I think support's huge when you're doing something different and you're trying to change what your routine is. Right. It, it is because the thing is, if we all, if all we needed was information, then, then we would have all of our problems solved because right. we're in the most information rich um, place we've ever been. You know, you can type anything into Google and within 30 yeah. seconds, you've got 3000 results of how yeah. to, you know, make things better. Um, so it's not about just having the, the strategies. It's about knowing that somebody's got your back and that if you have a problem that you can go to them and say, Oh, you know what? Like my bedtime routine, I was, I was out last night. I got home. I didn't know if I should do it or not because it was late and what should I do? Or 
you're yeah. having that support person there they're just like it's all right just you know do xyz it's okay yeah um and I think it's also a bit of the accountability part of it too because I just um was doing some breath work with a breath work coach and there was Mm. no way like she was a really nice woman that that was helping me but I think like there is an element where if someone's going to be checking up on you (laughs) you want to like do the things they told you to do so that you can say yeah yeah I tried it you know whereas if it's just you and and you find something on google you're just like not really as accountable exactly right there's actually a um one of my favorite studies um around accountability was by the american academy of training and development and they found that if if you have a partner so if your your chances of achieving a goal if you write it down are 10 percent greater than if you don't just from Um, writing it down just just from writing it down you get you get 10 you get plus 10 percent right um if you have a partner who you share your goal with you have a 65% greater chance of achieving that goal. And if you have a scheduled check-in with that partner, let's just say it's a coach, then you are 90% more likely to achieve that goal. Yeah, that's that's a big difference. (laughs) Um, So this is, yeah, this is not surprising because, you know, think about it like a personal trainer, for example, everyone knows how to go for a run or how to go to the gym. Like it's not rocket science. Like, right. You know, like you'd have to get somebody very, okay. Maybe there's, maybe there's a handful of people who haven't been to a gym ever, but I'd say, you know, 90, 99% of the population understands, you know, there's treadmill, there's weights, you know, it's, it's pretty basic. So why do personal trainers get good results? Not because a person doesn't know what to do. They just need somebody barking at them when they're trying to do it. (laughs) it's true um so one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um there's all sorts of research about light and sleep and sleep quality so I wondered if you could maybe just tell everybody a little bit about this concept of getting bright light outside in the morning and maybe also tell us I think you were wearing some groovy light blocking glasses so maybe tell us about that as well (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. I was like, this actually, uh, I was going to exactly say, you know, when you asked me what are my strategies, I, I don't like it leaving it so vague. So I wanted yeah. to actually have like, you know, something that I can implement. And this is a beautiful question because the best thing that I can recommend for anyone improve, wanting to improve their sleep, be it having sleep apnea or not, is to control light. Mm-hmm. So why does light have such an importance for our sleep? So it is the biggest factor to control our circadian rhythm. Our circadian rhythm controls the production of sleep-promoting hormones like melatonin. Mm-hmm. So, out of it, so it has more of an impact than diet, supplements, um, you know, like all of these things that we, we think are more important. No, no, no. Light is number one. That mm. is our biology. This is how we are designed as humans because thousands and thousands of years ago when we didn't have light, all we knew is when it's dark, we should be asleep. And when it's bright, we should be, al- we mm-hmm. should be alert. And that, that is, that is in, traced into our biology and reflectively when we are exposed to 
blue light, which is a specific spectrum of light that our that our that controls these sleep wake hormones. When you're exposed to blue light, which stems from your devices, mm-hmm. your ceiling lights, your TVs, your laptops, everything, this suppresses melatonin, that sleepiness hormone. Mm. As a result, you do not feel tired, which is exactly why we're having such sleep problems because 95% of people are on their phones yep. just until the moment they, they fall asleep. It takes a long time because I think, especially when it's information that goes against what we actually enjoy. Right. It's like people, people like watching TV. You right. don't want to think that's bad. Right. Like you want to think, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the diet or, you know, no, no, it's yeah. I'm just stressed. No, no, it must be that. No, just give me, give me one supplement to take and I'll be all done. Right. <laughs> and I don't have to right. change all my right. habits. I don't want to switch off from my device. I like scrolling Instagram in bed. Don't tell me it's bad. And so, right. you know, there's this there's this psychological resistance to actually accepting that information and believing it is true. And so you resist, you resist, you resist, but eventually maybe you just give it a go and then it's like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. Yeah, so um, I think that has a lot to do with why people are still doing that behavior because it feels good, you know, especially yeah. like, most of us, most of us, so stressed that the day we don't get a chance to just mm-hmm. have, you know, this this sense of like me time. And so that a lot of my clients, especially like, when you're a parent, you know, a moment to yourself and like, yeah. yeah. And the TV just seems so easy. So tell me about you said that um, there's blue light and overhead lighting. So what what should we be doing? Yeah. Like if we're reading or something, what's the best lighting? Yeah. So the best thing I would actually recommend would be looping back to those funky looking glasses mm-hmm. that you saw me wearing before. So put those on because the thing is, so they are hundred percent blue light blocking glasses. This is helpful because um, you might be looking at a screen temporarily, or, you know, you might have see us see like a TV in the background. However, if you have the, you know, ability or capacity to have zero zero screens on inflicting on you then um there are blue light free light globes which you can get as on usually the same websites that have blue lights um blocking glasses and there's definitely one do australians say globe instead of bulb globe yeah globe bulb same same so bulb yeah got it so you can order like are they actually red or they're just like they just say that they're like blue light blocking um there are ones that are red and there's ones that have more of an orange tinge now they some of them protect different levels like for example the ones with orange tinge might prevent might protect 100% of blue light but then maybe only like 50% of green light which is another another sleep affecting light spectrum which I will not get into (laughs) because this is not a science lesson right but I mean, it's really um, interesting, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it actually is. It actually is. And then you've got your um, your red lights, and they usually protect the most. But I do find, even in my personal experience, there, it's quite uh, challenging to even read with them. So oh, yeah. I, I, I go on the side of having the more orange, orange okay. lights and having the orange 
um, glosses. I actually, so last year I read this really cool book um, by a woman who is called Quit Like a Woman. And it's about people that give up drinking or are kind of sober curious and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And so I read that book and I was like, I realized, like I grew up in Scotland, right? So I'd never really <laughs> had a week, well, apart from my pregnancies, I'd never really had an extended period of time where I hadn't been drinking alcohol. So I kind of started out like a more than a year ago thinking like, I just wonder how it will be, like especially with my sleep, because I was beginning mm -hmm. to find as I got older, I'm 45 now, and compared with like when I was in my 20s, at 45, I find that if I have you know, even one glass of wine, I would wake up at like two o'clock in the morning. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just that, but I definitely, when I stopped drinking alcohol, I noticed that my sleep was better and I didn't have as many, you know, wake ups during the night. So I just kind of carried on and I gave up drinking. So I just wondered what your take was on alcohol and sleep. Um, well done giving up drinking. I think especially because you are Scottish, Scottish that is, <laughs> you know, I know that sleep definitely does improve with, and particularly with sleep apnea, yeah. um, with, with alcohol sobriety, because what alcohol does with sleep apnea is it relaxes the muscles around mm -hmm. your neck and around the airways, which means that the airways are more likely to collapse. And so you're more likely to have both snoring and sleep apnea issues mm -hmm. so that's for those with sleep apnea now for people who just in general who don't have sleep apnea um alcohol what it does is and this is just a, a general rule um alcohol suppresses rem sleep now rem sleep is that deep sleep stage that we need that helps with emotional regulation and also memory consolidation so, and this is also, this happens in the later part of the night, mm -hmm. usually after 3 a.m. So what alcohol does, especially if you've had quite a big night, what you'll do is you'll wake up around 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning because your body cannot actually get into that deeper REM sleep mm -hmm. at that time that it usually does. Um, in addition to that, alcohol being a depressant it depresses the central nervous system in the evening and then when that alcohol wears off you have an exacerbated spike of uh, it's called the rebound effects um so it happens after alcohol the sedating effects of alcohol have worn off your central nervous system is trying to rebalance itself but instead of just going back to homeostasis, back to its normal, it's almost like a jack-in-the-box. Like it goes mm -hmm. way over the top, right? And then it yeah. just needs to settle back down. And so then it can just settle back down, which is exactly why you often wake throughout the night and you're like sweating or you're like, yeah. your mind is racing or you feel like you've got the energy of a thousand suns because your body has just got this charge of energy after being depressed from that alcohol the night before yeah yeah thank you for explaining all that because there's definitely a lot going on with alcohol 
Um, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So is there anything else that you want to talk about? So I know that you have your book that people can get. I think I got mine on Amazon, but is it available? Like, is the yeah. best place your website or where, where can people find you? Oh, thank you. Um, so yeah, definitely you can get the book on Amazon. Then I, I feel like that's going to be helpful because I'm sure you have a lot of international listeners yeah um so amazon is a good one shipping is easy otherwise you know it's in all it's in like retail stores as well um but just depends on your location like at the moment we're just retailing in um the uk and in australia but we do have publishing deals with now 11 countries which is oh wow so yeah, including Italy, which is where I am now, and I'm very, going to be very excited to walk past a bookstore and see my. Are you going to get was, to do a little book in tour in Italy? I think I need to, right? Yeah, so and fun. As long as, as long as like at all of the book, you know, launch dates that there's, you know, a nice big plate of pasta and cheese and yeah. bread, then I'm there. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do it, I'm sure. Well, listen, Olivia, thank you so right. much for sparing the time to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. you. know, I think it's it's been beautiful and I, I just wanted to loop back. So outside of my book, which you can find on Amazon, a really good way to connect with me is on Instagram. It's my favorite social media platform. Um, just please don't do it just for bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me there. I'm, if you type in sleep expert, I'm usually one of the first that comes up. Or I'm a yeah, I can link to that in the show notes as well. So people can just just click it. That'd be awesome. I'd love All that. right. And well, thank you thank so you much. Thank you for a beautiful conversation. Thanks so much for listening. I love hearing from you. If you'd like to be featured in an upcoming episode, please email me at sleepapneastories at gmail.com. That's also the place to get in touch if you just want to say hi or ask a question. Alternatively, you can always reach me on Instagram. My handle there is at sleepapneastories. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. This really helps a wider audience to find the episodes, and I really appreciate it.